Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at relevantradio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here today on this Tuesday, Tuesday of the 28th week in Ordinary Time. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond and glad to be with you here during this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. want to say a very special thank you to Patrick Conley who filled in uh, yesterday on the show while I was out. Uh, my kids had, at least some of them had, uh, Columbus Day off yesterday, so it was a nice, fun family day and glad to be back here though, on the air. I always miss the opportunity to talk with you, talk with the different priests that we have that join us each day as our spiritual directors. And so as we begin the program today here, when was the last time that you went to confession? Did you go recently? Or has it been a while? And when you go to confession, how do you prepare yourself? If I'm going to confession, I usually take time earlier in the day to run through what's happened during the last weeks, however long it's been since my last confession, and I'll walk through a basic examination of conscience, and then later when I'm actually at the church, when I'm waiting in line for the confessional, I'll spend that time in prayer as well as kind of reviewing again to make sure that I'm as thorough as possible when I walk in to make my confession. Now, I remember one time several years ago, And I was going through this process, and then I drove over to the church, and I was waiting in line there as people were going in and out of the confessional ahead of me, and I was somewhere in the middle of the line, maybe three or four people ahead of me, and at least that many behind me there. And we were all standing there quietly, and I presume everybody else there, they were very similar to me. We were all doing that final walkthrough of what we needed to bring to the sacrament, along with spending that time in prayer. But while we were all waiting there, A young woman, she walked in, quietly approached the line where we were. She she was probably, I'd guess, in her early 30s. And she came up to the line, and she stopped in front of us, and in kind of a hushed voice, you know, there in the church, it's very quiet already, she asks about some different things, asks about scheduled mass times, other things happening there at the parish. And outside of the times for mass, none of us in the line knew the answers to her other questions. But an usher, he was walking through the church at that moment, and a couple of us, we motioned him over, and we were presuming he might have more information than we did. So he came over, very pleasant man, and he greeted the woman with a smile, and she repeated her questions. And I honestly, I don't remember all her questions, and I don't remember what he said in response, but I know he answered her better than any of us that were standing there in that confessional line could. And then, and again, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he made some sort of humorous comment at the end. I just remember it was something where he kind of chuckled at himself, but it really wasn't all that funny. Some of us just kind of smiled politely at his attempt at trying to be witty or funny there. And the woman that was asking the questions, well, she gave a gracious little laugh and she thanked him. 
And she walked out, left the church. The usher, he ended up walking back out of the sanctuary to continue doing whatever he was doing, preparing before the Mass. But as soon as he walked away, barely out of earshot, while his last words, his poor attempt at humor, uh, that was still just hanging in the air around us. There's an older woman, and she was a few places in line behind me. And I was kind of turned sideways looking forward at the altar so I could see out of the, the, my, my side vision there. She just shook her head as soon as he was gone. And she said in this kind of disgusted voice, just one word, she said, idiot. And I had to kind of turn away from her to try and hold back my laughter. I found it to be amusing that this woman was so repulsed by the usher's effort to be funny that she couldn't keep it inside. She had to say something out loud. But I also was struck in that moment by the odd juxtaposition of her words, her attitude, that judgmental, that, you know, kind of uh, looking down on someone attitude that became apparent to all of us while she's standing there in line to go into the confessional. Now, I didn't know this woman at all, this older woman. I don't know if there was some sort of history where she knew the usher Maybe there was, you know, not the best relationship there between the two of them. Or maybe she was just simply having a bad day. Or it could have been that's just her normal demeanor. But it got me to thinking, even when I have the best of intentions walking into the confessional, when I think I've done that thorough examination of conscience, what might I be missing? What have I become so accustomed to in my life that others... They might see this fault or this behavior that I have, but I'm blind to it. Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about how we can approach the sacrament of confession with maybe some new eyes, some new insight into ourselves, and we want to discuss ways that we can make the best confession we can every time we walk into that confessional, and helping us to look at this sacrament of confession, joining us Again, here on The Inner Life, Father James Kubicki, you hear his prayer reflections daily throughout the day on Relevant Radio, and he is the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. Father Kubicki, it's so nice to have you back here. Uh, I hope you're having a, a, a wonderful autumn season here as we're well into October now. Well, thank you, Josh. Yes, out here in South Dakota, we've had some some beautiful warm days, and the trees are turning. And uh, now it uh, the temperature is falling, uh, so we're we're really getting a real taste of fall out here. And uh, um, but it it always reminds me of of the the passing of time and how you know uh, I, I and that kind of gives an urgency. You know, um, there's a, a poem by a Jesuit poet about spring and fall, and and basically. Um, you know, he, he says that some people experience a real sadness in the fall because of the change, and it's it's kind of a reminder that um, we're mortal. Uh, we are not going to live forever. And I think that it fits in with our topic here of reconciliation as well, you know, that we approach the sacrament with as we do on Ash Wednesday, where we receive ashes on our foreheads and are reminded you don't have forever to get back on track or to uh, be healed of, of the sins that you have committed or uh, to, to let go of, of bad habits. You don't have forever. So now is the time to receive the grace of the sacrament. So there's a certain urgency, I think, to that thought. Well, so before we dive into 
the sacrament of confession, looking at that and how we can kind of grow in our understanding of it, how we can make a better confession when we walk into the confessional. Let's talk, first of all, uh, very basic, sacrament. It's one of the seven sacraments of the Catholic Church. And so what is a sacrament? If somebody is just tuning in for the first time, maybe they're unfamiliar with the teaching of the Catholic Church, what is a sacrament? Well, Josh, you know, I'm old enough to remember the Baltimore Catechism, and when you say that, what immediately comes to my mind is the, that a sacrament is a visible sign instituted by Christ to give grace. And so we have this visible sign, you know, in baptism we have water, confirmation, we have oil, the Eucharist, of course, is the bread and wine which have become the body and blood of Christ. Uh, but in the sacrament of reconciliation, the visible sign is the encounter with uh, uh, Christ's presence in another human being, in the priest who has been um, given the faculty, who has been given the power to convey Christ's mercy to whoever is seeking that in the sacrament of reconciliation. So that's a visible sign, and the grace is to have the sin removed and to receive a grace that as we go forward, we might do better. I think a, a lot of times people um, think, well, I could have just made a tape recording of my last confession. It's the same old sins, you know. Why, what's the point of going to confession? Well, the point is that uh, we have those sins that we need to be healed of and, and gotten that need to be getting rid of. But also, um, there's a grace there to trust that there's a grace there that will strengthen us, and that without that grace, perhaps we would be doing uh, worse than we feel we are doing. So it's a visible sign instituted by Christ to give grace. Well, and then the sacrament of confession, you know, confession, I think, is that that word that everybody knows, even non-Catholics, but we have a number of different names that are associated with this. There's the sacrament of penance, sacrament of reconciliation. It's in a category as a sacrament of healing. A lot of different names. Is there one that stands out to you uh, or, you know, something that really speaks to you in some of these other names that we use with the sacrament? Well, that's a good question, Josh, because I, th- I think most people, as you said, are familiar with, they'll say, I'm going to confession. It just s- seems to be a shorthand way of saying I'm going to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, but uh, the word confession I, it always conjures up in my mind um, a spy movie or, or where, you know, the spy has been caught and there's a, in a, in a room and, and there's a, a, a bright light on, on the spy or else, uh, somebody who's being interrogated for a crime and, and they're being, um, badgered in order to, so that they might confess to the crime, uh, that they're being accused of. And, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty negative image. And so I tend to uh, try to talk about it less as confession and more as reconciliation, that what we're seeking in the sacrament is to be reconciled with God, uh, because some of the things we've chosen to do, or things that we have not chosen to do, the sins of omission, have, in a sense, hurt our relationship with God. And so we want to uh, be reconciled with God and with the body of Christ, because um, nobody sins alone. We're, we're members of a body, we're parts of a body, and what we do affects not only us, but uh, affects others. And uh, so there's no private sin as such, because we're all cells 
within the body of Christ. And so we also seek in that sacrament to be reconciled with the entire body, with the Church. Let's talk about that a little. You know, you say there's no private sins, and help us understand that better. If I do something where it doesn't seem to impact anybody else, let's mm-hmm. say that I, I decide, you know what, I am, I'm starving, and I know I don't need to eat three cheeseburgers to, you know, just stave off hunger— but I say, you know what, I just want to I wanna dive into cheeseburgers and fries and a soft drink. And after that, I'm going to go and have a couple pieces of cheesecake and a donut. I commit that sin of gluttony, right? right? At that point, it doesn't seem that I have impacted anyone except for myself. I'm the one who will pay with a stomach ache later. I'm the one who is going to deal with all the extra calories that might, you know, turn into a few extra pounds down the road. It seems like it's all just on me. How does that impact the body of Christ, the Church at large? Well, in two ways. You know, that's a good example, the, the, the sin of gluttony that you described there, because, you know, if we do something that is unhealthy for us, uh, that affects us physically, that may have repercussions in our relationships with others. So, for example, you say, uh, you know, I ate too much and now I've got a stomachache. Well, that makes me irritable. That makes me uh, less inclined to reach out to others to do good deeds. Um, I'm focused on myself feeling sick. Um, and so it, it can affect um, other people in a, in a very uh, real way. And uh, if if we are in a habit of of giving in to gluttony, we we perhaps will shorten our life span so that we won't be there for the loved ones uh, to take care of uh, our children or grandchildren or spouse. So it it can have repercussions that way. But the other effect it has is is um, a spiritual effect that if if we really believe that we are members of the body of Christ, and where one part of the body suffers, the entire body suffers or feels that suffering. Or if one part of the body is filled with joy, that influences the whole body. I like to think of it as, you know, that we're all cells within the body of Christ. And all it takes is one cancer cell to, as it were, begin to spread spiritual poison throughout the body. So I, I think it really requires us to, let's say, pray about um, our own sinfulness. Our tendency, especially in a very individualistic culture and time, is to think of ourselves as isolated from other human beings, um, that we're, we're, as the saying goes, well, I'm just hurting myself. No, because we're part of the body of Christ, we're also hurting others with our sin. We're, uh, let's say, uh, injecting poison into the body of Christ through our poisonous uh, choices, which we call sins. Well, so let's also talk then, you mentioned about when we go to the, the sacrament of confession, we receive the grace to be reconciled, and you said we also receive that grace to do better moving forward. And th- let, let, let's talk about the benefits of going to confession regularly, where we're regularly receiving that grace to do better. And for me, I think, along with being able to start fresh, it, it ends up to where if, I am, if I'm going to be able to receive the mercy and the forgiveness of God, 
then it allows me to then find myself being more merciful and more forgiving to those that I'm encountering in my life. Um, you know, when, when something is given to us as a gift, hopefully it allows us to be grateful and to want to express that same sort of generosity to those who we encounter because we've received that generosity to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a part of the dynamic of, of the sacrament. Every gift Every grace is given not only for our own benefit, but to build up the body of Christ. And so, as, as you mentioned in the example, in a very practical way, experiencing God's mercy hopefully will um, give a, a grace, will plant a seed in our hearts that we, in turn, will then be merciful and will convey that mercy to others. Um, one of the... the um, penances that I, I like to give. I, I generally have a, uh, I think of a doctor who has a prescription and uh, will give the uh, patient a prescription, you know, take this, this will help you. Um, I, as a doctor of souls, when I'm in the confessional, I often carry um, a whole slew of different penances. And one of my favorite is uh, from the Diary of St. Faustina, and it's for the grace to be merciful to others. And it's a beautiful little prayer. And um, I uh, especially like to use it when people are struggling with um, being uh, very judging or holding on to resentment. Um, but I often tell people, now you've received God's mercy. Here you know, is the call to bring that mercy into the world, to be merciful to others, and I'll, I'll give them that little prayer. Um, so I, I think the, the graces that we receive, and that's why it's important, um, as you mentioned, that we have a regular habit of, of going to confession. I think one of the things that leads people to um, maybe be once a year at most, or maybe twice a year, Advent and Lenten uh, penitence, is um, this, the sense, one, well, I haven't done anything real horrible. Uh, I haven't committed grave mortal sins, and uh, so I, I don't need to go. Uh, or two, you know, again, it's the, they feel it's the same old sin, so what's the point of going? And that's where I think the time that we spend in between our celebrations of the sacrament uh, can be very important. Um, I used to uh, celebrate the sacrament with um, a group of uh, cloistered Carmelite sisters, and once a week they would receive the grace of the sacrament. And one might think, oh, what's going on in that convent that they go once a week? Um, but I think the closer we get to God, the closer we become in our relationship with God, um, the more we uh, encounter the Lord and His love, the more aware we are of our own lack of response, that, that we have not responded the way God really deserves. And, and so I think, you know, the closer we get to God, it's like coming into a bright light. You, you become more aware of the shadow behind you, and that's our sin. So um, I think a regular celebration of the sacrament and in between those celebrations, to uh, make a daily examine um, and to keep track of our challenges, our uh, temptations during the day, um, and to be able to bring that then to the sacrament, I think will help us to make better use of the sacrament. 
our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, Father James Kabicki. He's the director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota, and you hear his prayer reflections daily on Relevant Radio and talking about going to the sacrament of confession, the sacrament of reconciliation. What has helped you to make that good confession when you go into the confessional? What do you do to prepare yourself before you walk in there? Has it been a long time since you've been to confession and you're a little nervous? Maybe you don't know where to start. You'd like some advice. And how has going to confession, how has it made that difference in your life? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue talking with Father James Kabicki here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com Forrester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. And our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, director of the St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in western South Dakota. And today talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation, the Sacrament of Confession, and what has helped you to make a good confession? What's helped you to be able to go in there in the confessional and experience that grace that Father was talking about in the last segment of the show? Uh, how, has made, how has it made a difference in your life going to the Sacrament of Confession? And maybe you've really experienced that healing power something that was weighing on you, and you were able to walk out and just feel absolutely free. Um, I remember one of my daughters, her first confession that she made, you know, she walked in there and she came out and she was almost skipping out the door of the confessional. And she just was beaming and smiled and said, my soul is clean. And it was just such a beautiful thing to see her do that. This was several, several years ago, but uh, so beautiful to see that. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, t- right before the break, you were talking about how the the sisters that, that you worked with, how they would receive the sacrament of confession once a week. And you brought up, you know, the more that we are kind of in tuned with God, then we start really have a, having a better understanding of ourselves, of how we fall short in our work, our striving towards holiness. And so one thought that I had was, you know, there are some saints you'll read about where they might go to confession even every single day. And if that helps them to get to heaven, if that can help us to get to heaven, well, that's a great example, and it might be the right thing for us to do. But on the other side, there's the possibility that if we're going to confession every week or every day, and we're kind of digging through what were, you know, our faults, our failings in our life, that we might be 
in that category of being overly scrupulous, how do we know, how do we distinguish between going to confession and making a good confession very frequently versus where we start overanalyzing and obsessing on our sins? That's a great question, Josh, and scrupulosity is uh, a real spiritual illness, um, and uh, I think one of the, the key differences is that a, a person who might go to confession every week, like the Carmelite sisters I was speaking of, um, did so with a sense of, of freedom and the focus on God. Now, th- that's the tricky thing, is because when we start looking at ourselves and how we've failed or how we've sinned, um, we, you know, it, it, we can get very much turned inward and uh, become afraid. And I, I think what one has to do is, uh, in examining ourselves, um, to um, be very careful and to be very aware that if I am feeling any kind of fear or compulsivity or anxiety over my situation, um, the, at this point, we are going beyond uh, um, a simple guilt that, oh, I've sinned, I've done something wrong, to um, a real anxiousness. And uh, St. Faustina, in her diary, um, Jesus told her that the two greatest obstacles to holiness were, one, uh, discouragement, and two, an exaggerated anxiety. And I think both of those play a part in um, scrupulosity, uh, where a person um, feels, uh, you know, very, they're wondering at every, any given moment how they may have sinned, or uh, they're questioning, was this a sin? And uh, they feel discouraged over their situation, that they're never going to be perfect. And at that point, you know, the attention has turned from God who is the loving and merciful God who makes us perfect, to ourselves, where we think it's up to me to make myself perfect. And I have to do this perfectly. And if I fail, um, you know, we, we get very anxious. Uh, and exaggerated anxiety is that same kind of uh, fear-based uh, relationship with God, um, where we, we begin, to, again, not to focus on God's mercy, but to, to focus on um, fearing God because we have failed. So I, I think all of uh, the great saints, like St. Padre Pio and um, others, have said where we begin to feel discouraged or anxious, um, we're, we're no longer uh, focusing on God and His mercy, but we've begun to slip into a scrupulosity. Mm. So, yeah, don't get so caught up on your sins that you only focus on you. <laughs> Remember that right. you are you and God is God. <laughs> that's that's yes. good. Uh, Father, let's go to the phones. We've got John who's listening in Central Valley, California, calling in to speak with you. Hi, John. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life. Hey, thank you, Josh, for uh, having me today. And uh, Yeah, as uh, you opened the show with your story of the distraction with that lady in, that you were standing near, uh, I've I've had that uh, as well in the past with uh, people talking in the confession line and carrying on conversations. And so for me, I <clears throat> tried to uh, pray the rosary uh, as a way to help me. And then I focus, I try to look for a picture of Mary or, or of Jesus 
on the cross to focus on as I pray the rosary. And I find, you know, at times I do uh, battle. Uh, I, I kind of fight with myself. Was that a sin? Was that not a sin as I was, as I'm standing in the line preparing myself? And I, I actually think that's a good thing because it's moving it to the forefront in my mind. And uh, I was telling the uh, call screener that, you know, it's funny. We think, oh, that's not a sin. I won't confess that. And, you know, really, God knows everything before we even get in the line. <laughs> so, But the overwhelming freedom when we make a good confession and when not only the day after and the next day, but I find that, uh, you know, we do get cut off from the body, like you guys said, as we don't allow the graces to flow through us when we don't have that intentional, that deep confession or... Uh, we skip confession for a month or two or three or go for an extended period of time. Um, instead of looking to how to help other people and and give them the love and the mercy that we were given from reconciliation, we somehow are jaded and, and we kind of skip through life, not focusing on what God truly has for us in our lives. And so that's just something that I wanted to uh, to share. And, and then building after confession, building through prayer, everyday prayer, and and asking God for help, and looking for those ways in which, which we can help the church carry out his mission, is, I think is just so important, not wasting it, and, and like you said, going off and, and celebrating in, in a sense. So that's what I had to share today. Well, John, thank you. Thank you for that call. And, you know, you, you've brought up a lot of good things. Uh, first of all, just the um, attention that we have as we're waiting for uh, the sacrament, uh, waiting in line perhaps to, I think that's a very good idea to pray the rosary or to uh, focus on uh, another prayer or a picture of Mary or Jesus, um, just as a way of, of preparing ourselves. Um, personally, I, I like to sit down before I uh, get get in line or go to a fellow priest for confession, and um, I know some people will will come into the confessional and they're, they'll apologize for having uh, written down their sins. But I find it's it's a great way for me to not have to um, worry about missing something. Or you know, uh, when when you're talking to another person, sometimes you're you know you're, you forget things. And so uh, I like to prepare by, by writing something out that helps me um, so that at that moment that I'm waiting to go to confession or about to meet with a priest, I, I don't have to worry about remembering something. Um, and and I think, you know, a, as you pointed out too, um, that it there is a, a good tension in uh, asking ourselves, now, is that a sin or isn't it? And if we're inclined to say, well, I'm not going to bring it up. Um, there may be a bit of a, a, a tendency there to, to hide something that we're embarrassed about. And that's where I think, even if we're not sure, um, we can bring up um, just to say, this is a struggle of mine. This is a weakness. Uh, I don't think uh, I've, I've gone over a line into a, a sin, but, but I think that I, I want to bring this weakness to the Lord so that he might uh, give me strength to overcome that weakness. So um, thanks for calling in, John. Those are great thoughts that you had to share with us. 
Father, let's uh, let's go to Manny. She's listening in Mountain Prospect, Illinois. Hi, Manny. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Kubicki. Hello, Josh, and hello, Father Kubicki. Hello. Yeah, go right ahead, yes. Manny. Uh, first, yes. First of all, I wanted to thank Relevant Radio again for this program. Um, it's blessed me and my family. My husband does a lot of driving while working, and he does listen to Relevant Radio. I do listen to Relevant Radio, and more specifically, I wanted to thank Father James Kubicki because my son Joseph, as soon as we got in the car in the morning going to school, we say our morning prayers, and then right after that, he would want to turn on uh, your prayer reflection for the day. He wouldn't want to miss that, and if we do miss that over the weekend, we do listen to, like this morning, we had to listen to four of them, like from Saturday through today, so it's such a blessing. Yeah. My question, Father, is um, I would say uh, the the tendency to fall into despair, say uh, if you go to confession, I go to confession a lot sometimes, you know, I feel like I go every week and sometimes it's almost like getting paranoid about the priest saying it's not a mortal sin, you know, you really don't have mm-hmm. to feel so bad, but you feel like, you know, once you've committed that same sin, and, and I, say, I understand, understand that he says that because I, you know, I go to the same priest, and he hears the same things, and and once I have committed the exact same thing, of which I have exerted too much effort, I feel like I've struggled enough, then I do feel like I just want to go again, because I just wanted to have a clean slate again, or on the other hand, I do feel, you know, like I said, there's that tendency to, to despair of of not struggling and not trying enough to, you know, to just try harder and just avoid and just to, just to be able to go to the next, my next confession without mentioning that specific, you know. And I'm talking about as simple as, you know, uh, losing your temper or being angry or your patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for, uh, I'm happy your your son Joseph likes to listen to those daily reflections, and I appreciate the feedback on that. Um, You know, going, uh, it is tricky, you know, if you have the same confessor and you feel embarrassed, well, I've got the same things that I'm bringing up, and, and, um, you know, I I always try to avoid um, um, making a person feel bad for, for coming to the sacrament. Um, I think, you know, it may be um, your, the way you describe this is, you know, the struggle to say, well, these are the same sins, and I, I've given in to them, you know, during the week, uh, losing my temper and such. Um, and, you know, the, the temptation is, is to get discouraged that I'm, I'm never going to get better on this. And St. Maximilian Kolbe, who you know, was was a great Franciscan martyr of charity. Um, he once said that um, even if we are um, doing something again and again, don't let the devil deceive you by allowing you to become discouraged. Um, and and basically, he says, you know, sometimes the Lord um, gives us freedom and wants us to see that. Um, basically our our battle um keeps us humble um that you know if if we didn't have this particular uh, struggle fault ongoing temptation that we find ourselves slipping into 
um, that we might fall in a in a uh, a worse way. Um, we might give in to uh, pride, and um, and so sometimes when we find ourselves um, confessing the same sins again and again, um, it's uh, the the grace that can be there is to say, you know, I'm. I'm, I have to be humble. I'm not perfect. I can't make myself perfect. Lord, give me the grace. But as you bring up, Manny, it's a question of, okay, how can I better cooperate with that grace? And St. Ignatius Loyola had a, um, what he called a particular examine, where he would say, if, if you're struggling with a particular fault, um, it might be good to, to keep track of that. And even during the day, if you find yourself getting impatient or, you know, losing your temper with someone or gossiping or whatever the sin may be, um, at that point that you catch yourself to, you know, just as uh, he would say, beat your breast or do something that you recognize, okay, I've, I've slipped into this again. And then uh, he would almost uh, keep a scorecard of things to say, okay, week to week, how am I doing? How many times did I slip into that particular fault um, this week, and and in that way, it made him more sensitive, so that when um, he found himself in a situation that he would normally get impatient or angry about or uh, gossip about someone, he he would catch himself before giving into that. So um, part of what we're talking about is having that kind of sin sensitivity that we become aware before we slip into those sins that almost feel like automatic sins. So I hope that helps a little bit, Manny. Manny, thanks so much for calling into the program today. And again, our studio line here, if you'd like to join the uh, the, the uh, show, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, as we're talking about confession. And how have you been able to approach the sacrament of confession and really uh, do that examine? Have that thorough uh, examination of your conscience. Maybe there is that common sin that you struggle with again and again and again. And you're kind of in that similar position where, okay, how do I not give in to discouragement here? Or maybe you've had that healing experience going into confession and walking out and just knowing I am freed from those sins. Hearing those words of absolution that the priest prays over you. And it's made a huge change in your life and how you've been able to move forward, move past the, ba- the, the, the baggage, the guilt maybe that was hanging on to you before. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, email address innerlife at relevantradio.com, and we'll take more of your phone calls and continue talking with Father James Kavicki right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our Spiritual Director, Father James Kavicki. Today we're talking about the Sacrament of Confession and what helps you to make a good, a good confession? Uh, how have you been able to experience that healing? Walking in, being just honest there with the priest who's 
in the person of Jesus, hearing your confession and those words of absolution. Have you walked out there feeling free, feeling forgiven? Maybe you don't feel forgiven. Maybe that's the struggle for you. You go to confession and you walk out and you still don't feel forgiven. And you'd like some advice, some encouragement. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, I also want to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, go sign up. We are giving away uh, an outdoor nativity set. In fact, not just one, we're giving away to 200 lucky winners who we're going to do a drawing here at the end of this week. You only have through this Friday to register, to sign up. But if you go to relevantradio.com or if you go to the Relevant Radio app, you'll see a banner where you can just click and register, enter to win, and you can be one of 200 lucky winners. It's a beautiful outdoor nativity set valued at over $500, hand-painted. Um, it's one that I actually have myself, and we've had it out in front of our house, out in front of our home for uh, years, probably, I think we've had it for 10, 12 years. And uh, it's a wonderful way to really just show your faith that you really want to wish people a Merry Christmas, not just have kind of a generic happy holidays, but this is what I believe and uh, allows you to decorate your home up a little bit more as we head into Advent. And that's why I'm talking about it here in mid-October is because we want to get it to you. We want to be able to send it out to you before Advent starts so you're able to have it there in front of your home throughout all of the Advent season, all of the Christmas season. So again, go to relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app, click that banner and register to win your own. And uh, Father, um, let's go back to the phones. We've got Mike, who has been very patiently waiting in uh, the Detroit area. Hi, Mike. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Hi. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, go right ahead. You're Um, on the air with Father. Okay, great. I'd like to share uh, just an amazing experience I had. Uh, About six years ago, I was a chaperone at National Conference, uh, youth, youth, National Catholic Youth Conference in Indianapolis. And it's a, it's a three-day event. It was in the morning. I was going to go to confession. There was a huge line. I mean, it, it, I, I would say it looked like it was like for a mile long, and I said, I, I'm not going to wait that long. So I didn't go. And the day went on, and there was, a, there was a seminary I was listening to, a seminar I was listening to, and they talked about going and giving your all for confession. And there was a motto I remember was, go big or go home. And it touched me so deeply. And I said, I don't care how big that line is. I'm going back. I'm going to confession today. So the good Lord, the way that sometimes he rolls out the red carpet for us, I go back and there's no line. This is later in the day, later in the evening. And I'm thinking to myself, it was a big room. There's a person in the, at, at the door that you would, that you, so people would line up. And there was many priests all around in the room you know, in different sections. So they were doing multiple confessions at one time. So this person would say, okay, they're open over there. You can go over there. So I go up. I was the first one there, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, I'm going to go big. And I told the person, I said that I probably, I'm going big. If there's a bishop available, that would be great. And, of course, you know, there he goes, he goes, wow, how remarkable. There's a bishop available right there. So I went wow. and I sat, sat down. I know. I sat down with the bishop, and the first thing I asked him, do you believe in divine mercy? And he said, absolutely. So I, we, we talked for 45, I confessed, I should say, for 45 minutes, just conversing. And I, I let everything out, everything that happened in my teenage years, all of the things that maybe I was, I was afraid to ever say. 
Um, there was even a point where he took his ring off to show me he had uh, the ring of the prodigal son. Um, but after that, I will never forget how I felt after giving all that confession, because part of what I learned that day was that if you, if you do give everything you have, you can be as white as snow. And I felt I, I left there shaking and in tears because I, I felt that perfect, that like a saint, you know, with, with no sins, because all of my sins have been forgiven for that single moment. I felt that union with God. And it, it was just, it was an experience that I wanted to share. And, you know, I think it's possible for all of us, you know, not to hold back and to let it go. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. That's a, a great witness. And, uh, you know, what I take away from what you said is uh, just the providence that you were able to go in that way. But uh, uh, as a priest, one of my favorite things to do is to celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation, especially with someone who is maybe afraid, uh, they've something they've never confessed before, they've been too ashamed, or haven't been in 40 years, and so, you know, they're afraid to go to their parish priest. And, and um, to see the peace that comes across their face as we celebrate and to know that as they're leaving they're 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 freed from that it i i think if if more people approach the sacrament thinking about how jesus is happy simply to relieve us of any burden and to uh receive us and to give us the grace of that sacrament if we put the focus on jesus in the sacrament rather than uh our own selves i i think we would uh also uh, have that same peace that you describe more and more. Mike, thanks so much for calling in today. Father, you know, Mike talks about that freedom. I've experienced that in my own life. We've been talking about that, but, you know, that goes back to feelings. And if we walk into the confessional and we don't feel forgiven when we walk out, what at that point? Is that something where we just have to try and reconcile intellectually that our feelings don't always represent what is true? Is there something else that we can do at that moment? Do we bring that to the next time we go to confession? I've confessed this before, but I really don't feel forgiven on this. Mm -hmm. Any advice on that front? That's a, that's a very good question, Josh, because many people think that the sacrament, um, you know, is about that feeling. And, um, and I think if we don't feel that, uh, that sense of peace or if we um, don't feel forgiven, we have to make an act of faith that, that we believe it's not about how we feel but what God does through that sacrament. And in fact, St. Um, Padre Pio uh, discussed this as well. He says, in our thoughts, this is a quote, in our thoughts and in confession, we must not dwell on sins that were previously confessed. Uh, and we shouldn't bring them up again thinking, well, I didn't feel forgiven, so I, I probably wasn't. I need to, you know, bring these before the Lord again. And he says, to, to think back over those sins, to want to dig them up again, just to have forgiveness for them again, because of a doubt that they were not really and completely forgiven, isn't that really a distrust in the goodness Jesus showed us when he tore up the debt that we contracted through sinning? So I, I think it comes down to... Um, Again, not so much the feeling that we have in prayer or in the celebration of the sacrament. It's nice when that's a grace that's given to us, 
but we may need to make an act of faith that we truly are forgiven, even if we don't feel that. All right. And so we're down to just a, a minute or so here, Father. But another uh, listener emailed in her son, a college student, goes to Mass Weekly, involved in ca- Catholic campus ministry, but doesn't want to go to confession. She says, I've stopped kind of badgering him, and I've just resorted to prayer. Is there anything else that I can do, anything I might be able to say to him? Do I just keep praying and fasting? Uh, yeah, praying and fasting, I, I think it's not a good idea to badger someone, especially with regards to the sacrament and, and a young person. That will maybe push them away more than bring them back. Um, what, I, what I would suggest is to do a little search on the Internet and to find a video that maybe Father Mike Schmitz, who's involved in campus ministry at the University of Minnesota, Duluth, or uh, Bishop Robert Barron. There's there's a wealth of, of good short YouTube videos out there that would uh, perhaps be helpful, and especially young people who are so engaged in, in media and, and could be inspired by something like that, to right. just, you know, email a person and suggest, hey, watch this video. I really found it helpful. Um, I think that would be one way of proceeding. Excellent. Thank you so much, Father. And as we're down to our last, oh, 20 seconds here, could I ask you to offer a blessing as we conclude the hour today? Certainly. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Most Holy Trinity, we thank you for the gift of this sacrament of reconciliation. And we pray that that the Spirit may guide each one of us in our use of the sacrament. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director, thank you so much for being with us, Father. And of course, the podcast will be available later this afternoon on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. Mass next here on Relevant Radio.